smoke. <laughs> <laughs> well, if you want to follow up on that story, you can follow us on Twitter <laughs> at the John Hastings. Wait a minute, did that? No, I don't want that in the sting. <laughs> that's, good. that's going in the sting. I found a plus size Korean lady. I want to poke. <laughs> that's going in the sting. Say Jesus your Twitter. Christ. That's the beginning of every episode now. At Dylan Gott, <laughs> D Y L A N G O double up that. Uh, you can tweet at us for any corrections, any of that sweet stuff. Thank you so much for listening to the Wrestling Review. Here's the Vader theme. We'll talk to you in a bit. Plus size Korean ladies. <laughs> now so just clean out the piss jug once every couple <laughs> weeks please yeah we've just overflowing with piss <laughs> please do not merge the streams of piss <laughs> yeah. and shit it's like the ghostbusters only way cooler because it's not going to be remade because it just continues because it's a piss jug and a shit jug speaking of piss jugs and shit jugs oh my god welcome to pro wrestler review everybody pro wrestler review guys i'm dylan gott i'm john hastings on this week's episode we discuss kevin nash Ooh, kevin nash i'm gonna start Booker a extraordinaire oz Vinny Vegas. And we don't know anything else that happened in his career because we stopped researching after 1992. Oh, 1992. I'm going to start it off with a hot theory. Booker, okay, how they booked Kevin Nash coming into the Fed in 94 yeah. is how they should have booked Roman Reigns. You mean bodyguard who then gets tights? <laughs> bodyguard, strong, silent bodyguard who looks fucking terrifying. You know what they don't do anymore Th that I think it was really fun was that they give the guy, when he, get, when he gets to... His next phase, like mm -hmm. when he gets to past the mid card phase, they give him a new finishing move. That's I'd what they did with Nash because he had he had the pu heart punch, and then he started doing the jackknife. I love like watching uh watching old, like old Diesel and Nash and like two two thousand era. I mean, once they brought him back in the Fed, it was just like here's a paycheck, and he did, did just obvious. He was the most obvious, didn't try anymore guy. Bringing Other than the two times he tore the time he second time he tore his ACL is the greatest fucking thing I've ever seen him out. Just walking. It's so hard not to laugh. No, the hot tag. Have you seen the hot tag? Yeah, well, that's the one where he did it just walking across the ring. That's the he comes in, he tries to fire up, and he's like. <laughs> um, we're jumping way ahead, but yes, exactly. He should have been brought in. Okay, Roman Reigns should have been brought in. It is the best way to build a. The way they did Roman. All right, I don't. Okay, I don't we're not going to talk about Roman Reigns. We're not going to talk about Roman Reigns, but I'm just talking about bringing this guy in. You don't explain who he is. He's brought in with Shawn Michaels, who I remember as a kid. I fucking ha hated the. He was this fucking cocky asshole dick. In spangly, stupid clothes. He was gay. <laughs> Essentially, they did imply he was gay. Let's Which be honest. Bad. Yeah. <laughs> oh, fuck. Well, back in wrestling, remember, it was like... Back in wrestling, you mean up until about two years ago? Remember when they introduced Goldust and he was like, kissed Razor Ramon? And Ra Razor Ramon doesn't like gay people. And they you kept know? and they kept calling him the bizarre one, the most bizarre... Because, as we all know... Being attracted to the same sex is bizarre. <laughs> gross. The yeah. gross one. Yeah. <laughs> and then he came out and he was like, his big baby face promo was basically like, I fuck women all the time. <laughs> and everyone was like, yeah. <laughs> He's like us. He only thinks about fucking guys, but he doesn't. <laughs> <laughs> no, but that's. Uh, but so Kevin Nash comes into the Fed. We'll get to Vinny Vegas and Oz in a second. Let's just talk about this. I'm okay with. Honestly, I'm okay with staying away from Vinny Vegas and Oz just because. But there is something else in there that we can talk about. But, yeah, oh, but this, let me just. Because I literally was thinking about this because you were late. So I had a lot of time to think about it. Mm. He's brought in, and I remember it as a kid, he's brought in, and he looks so stupid. He's in fucking, now going back, but at the time, he looked fucking crazy, because it's the first time you saw like guy in cowboy boots, this giant guy who's a manager, would occasionally just get involved and shit like that, but he just grabs someone and punched them. He never fucking talked, he just looked fucking terrifying, and then you finally get him to see really fucking kick ass was that Royal Rumble, and the way they do it, I rewatched that um, this morning. Quickly before I got ready for the gym so I could blast my quads and make sure my ACLs don't tear. Kevin Nash inspiration. Um, was that he literally, so they would, he got in, he clears the ring of about five guys. And then a string of about four people and it's one guy in and just fucking one move and over the top rope. And like, they're job guys, but they're like the job guys that would win. So it's like Bob Holly, Yeah. 
all these sort of guys. And you're like Coco Beware level. Yeah, like Marty Jannetty's one of them. Like he beats jobbers, but when he faces a real wrestler, it's like he's like a benchmark guy. Yeah, it's fucking crazy. And it's and like the crowd is it's like silent and just stood in the ring. And he stood in the ring for like 45 seconds, just waiting for the countdown. You're like, holy fuck, what's he gonna do? Like, and then it's finally a really big guy. I think it's Mabel comes out, and then he's fucked. Yeah, because he's just really fat, but it still puts over like this guy's super strong and goes over strong on him. It was fucking amazing. And from right there, you're like, well, this guy is fucking bulletproof. He's bulletproof. And by putting him with another wrestler and him being this X factor, you're like, well, I want to see that guy wrestle, but he's in this bodyguard role. So I just have to fucking like you, you, you start liking Diesel because he's not allowed to wrestle because of his role and puts more heat on Shawn Michaels. And it's a perfect relationship where they become more and more popular and more and more incentivized to the fans to watch. And it builds and builds and builds. And then they're split at Survivor Series during the weirdest uh, uh, teams of five strive to survive. But it's teams of four trying to show each other the door. Um <laughs> Um, and then they split and then they walk to the back where Sean's like, please don't hit me and is acting like fucking Diesel has a gun until they get to the back and then you don't see it. And then the commentators are saying like, uh, Diesel's gotten to Shawn Michaels. He's gotten to Shawn Michaels. We can't even get cameras back there. Like, it's just really subtle, simple, lo-fi ways of you buying into the fact that this guy's finally snapped and now he's his own man. And then the next day he became the champion. Like I remember that as a kid and being like, "Holy fuck, this guy's fucking unstoppable," and then they kind of ruined it with one of the most interference-laden matches between him and Bret Hart at that Royal Rumble. Holy fuck! Yeah, but the thing about um, Diesel as a character that I really liked watching all this stuff back, and Nash as a character too. He was like one of the first big guys, at least I saw, that was like also a character. Like his character wasn't just like, look at the fucking size of him. It was like he was also really strong and you kind of forgot about his size at points because of the way he played his character. Like Completely. And he also... He played this like specific type of bully that i really glad they captured in wrestling. He doesn't really want to fight you. He just wants to embarrass you. He's playing off the fact that basically, like, you want to fight? You want to fucking actually do this? Mm-hmm. Like, he's that type of bully. And I always heard people, like, like wrestling with smart wrestling shows always complain about him being, like, a cool heel and stuff. And I think it was really, like, very good the way he could be He could be a heel or a face. And it's just really his opponent. But that, I, I, would, I always it. argue with that, especially if you look at him. You can't... Diesel, he was... He was a cool guy and then when he became a heel he was just fucking pissed off and power bombing people then he went to fucking WCW and up until Starcade well, 97 they didn't really know what to do with that character no they didn't but hang on just to go to your cool heel he wasn't a cool heel ever he was sort of a heelish babyface once the NWO Wolfpack started to come into fruition yeah before that he was a fucking terrible asshole like they were doing. They don't talk about this, but they did some amazing booking with the Steiner brothers and uh, the Outsiders, where essentially the Steiner brothers would have a tag match on a pay per view, and the Outsiders would beat the shit out of one of the Steiner brothers, and they'd just be in the back, and then it would be a handicap match. So the Steiners actually looked pretty strong because it was one of them who would be in the match for a while yeah. before he would inevitably be get, get beaten because you can't beat two of the fucking guys that are super strong. Then building towards the Giant match where he breaks the Giant's neck, then gets put in the contract that he Giant can't touch him. So he does shit like throws coffee on him, taunts him, has other people hit him all the time, does powerbomb to other people and gets arrested for it. And he just comes across like this fucking bastard. It, of course, then gets fucked up because he doesn't want to lose the match. Yeah. So he no-shows the show. And then Scott Hall takes the powerbomb? Like, it was just fucking <laughs> weird. But that's their whole thing where Hall never cared about... Hall has this really good interview about how it doesn't matter if you job. Hall or not. Oh, Hall, yeah, yeah. Hall, well, like, talking about jobbing, and he's just basically like... Like, because the famous, like, him losing to Jericho and then just powerbombing the shit out of Jericho, which he's like, or, like, Razor's edging Jericho a thousand times, and he's basically like, it doesn't matter, it's the same thing. Like, Jericho wins over me, now this guy who was, like, just supposed to be a jobber has at least some credibility, like, oh, he beat Scott Hall, but then also I get my heat back immediately. Like, it's the same... So you move Jericho up kind of... I don't really agree with it because I think the Outsider's Edge thing like completely destroys Jericho after the match, but 
you kind of move Jericho up in a very subtle way. So it's like, at least now you know this character is more than just like a cruiserweight who gets destroyed in eight seconds. Well, it's better than Super Kello. We're all better than Super Kello. Super Kello is a fucking amazing wrestler. Amazing wrestler. That mask is terrible. It's a gray mask with sunglasses on it. Fuck you. It's, I mean, it's a cultural difference. I understand. Do you know what I mean? Like, there's some stuff, there's some Japanese and Mexican stuff that we can look at and be like, that's fucking cool. And then there's other stuff where you're like, oh, this guy pulled his pants down and they let a firecracker off in his butt. Why did they do that? Because <laughs> he's the celebrator. Ah, <laughs> uh, welcome to ring, a celebrator. There you go. <laughs> now we're doing it. Um, but that brings up the giant cancer that is Kevin Nash and to a certain extent Scott Hall's career, which is... Uh, to borrow a wrestling shoot parlance. Oh, no. They are always in business for themselves. Kevin Nash especially. Well, of course you are. Yes, no, I agree. But there's certain things you can do which are long-term thinking, and Kevin Nash has a lot of short-term thinking. The way that he wins against Bill Goldberg, that title, and that whole thing. Oh, that's the cattle prod? That just was so... The the way to do it... It's not bad that he beat Goldberg it's not bad that to, way. It's a finger a, poke of doom. That's exactly what I'm saying. Is it's, It was a great first chapter of you do that, and... The way I would, okay, we're going to get into a little bit of fantasy book. The way I would do that is you have Scott Hall, Cattle Prod, Bill Goldberg, Kevin Nash is the champion now, being like, I don't want, I didn't want that. Tonight on Nitro, we're going to have a rematch because Bill Goldberg, you deserve it. I'm going to show you that I'm the bigger man and I can beat you. And then you have Scott Hall interfere again and him and Kevin Nash start fighting. So that then switches. So it's now between Scott Hall and Kevin Nash. Kevin Nash being like, I don't need your help. Scott Hall being like, I'm the one who made you, I made you the champion. I brought you in. I brought you in. I'm the fucking reason you're in this business. I've told. I've decided you're going to be the champion, and I'll be the one to take the belt from you. Because then that builds to that feud, and Goldberg's now protected because he's now had two losses. You're away from the streak in a clean way. I don't. I don't think you do the back to back. I mean, if we want to get into this, like Bigelow also interfered in the match. I think you just put Goldberg with Bigelow. He kills Bigelow, and then Nash beats Hall, and then you build both of them up, and then they fight again. Yeah. But like the thing I want to, uh, uh, one point I wanted to make, uh, definitely on this before I lose it, uh, was that Kevin Nash is this very weird ca- character-wise and wrestling-wise, he's this very weird transitional character in that like his as a character on television, he's very much like late nineties, like oh he is a no fear T-shirt away from being a child strong like of nineteen ninety eight. Forty-year-old man wearing FUBU at the end of WCW. And you have seen the NW entrance where they come in with the Hells Angels and they're all wearing super baggy skater pants. I, I mean, I remember the Bret Hart low ride shorts phase too. Okay, like right before that, <laughs> there was an episode of Nitro. It's why this isn't brought up more on like what the fuck is going on. Is literally the NWO arrived. They like open the like the drawbridge thing they do in the arenas that fucking Nitro love doing. Of like the NWOs here. Yeah. Why are they arriving so late to this live television show? That's very disrespectful. Because they're the NWO. Yeah, and then they walk in out of the darkness, followed by hell's like actual hell's angels. Because yeah. you know why not give some rapists some money? But that was a point in time. Like I remember on UFC broadcast before, like it was like really anyone watched it. Uh, they would be like Chuck Zito, the like head of the Hell's Angels. Like, well, this guy's raped a woman, and you guys are just like, look at uh, look at us. <laughs> he just, we just can't catch him. Star of Oz, where they fake rape men, and Hell's Angel, where they real rape brave women. <laughs> um, but so they, they come in, and yeah, Kevin Nash again, backwards bandana. He, yeah, he's a goofball. He's definitely like he's like the Bam Margera of 1998. Because like, I think we talked about this, where it's like they let. Kevin Nash be Kevin Nash and Scott Hall be the like kind of representation of hip hop culture on the show or at least attempt to be and then they had Booker T and Stevie Ray who grew up in that culture and they're like no you guys you guys wear weird loop things and your nipples are showing yeah yeah you guys dress like dominatrix we're gonna let these yeah. this white man from Minnesota and this whiter man from Michigan throw up gang signs yeah exactly we have this white we have these and this and this leathery white lady who by the way is a spectacular women's performer and we will be reviewing her at a later time Sherry Montel but just like doesn't work with Harlem Heat didn't need a manager. There's already a Harlem Heat episode. but And there will be a Booker T episode that has been recorded. Currently, we're sitting at four times, and we're going for a fifth attempt. Yeah, one time for every WCW title race. <laughs> but, okay, Kevin Nash. I love Kevin Nash. I, what I love about him more than anything is what he's become now of this... 
I like that he's still on independent shows. He clearly does actually love wrestling. He can barely do it. And he's also doing it. He he doesn't need the paycheck. The fucking guy saved his money from um, WCW. That's pretty clear. Yeah. In that he will talk about he just got a check for $100,000 from his dividend portfolio. I think he just likes wine and being a wrestler. Um, I think that he's very interesting in that he's a polarizing character and a lot of old school guys do genuinely want to fight him because Ricky Morton thinks that wrestling is real and <laughs> Doink the Clown Matt Bourne thinks wrestling is real. So when the fucking Chris Benoit thing happened and they go, it's wrestling to blame and he went, no, wrestling's fake. It's like an action. It'd be like if an action star went crazy and you blamed action movies. It's two separate things. As it turns out, probably Chris brain, uh, Benoit's behavior in the ring and what happened to his brain was a causal fact, but it was an excellent point to be brought up. And that's the thing that Kevin Nash's perspective on the business is very good in that it's fake and it's entertainment. I think that it's gone too far in that anything can be entertaining and he sacrifices a lot of opportunities to make other stars. He always has to be maintained in a certain way. And I think that he could have very much transitioned into a role like Terry Funk had in ECW, which is this old respected statesman who comes out and does one or two moves. You, It's not hard to fucking jackknife powerbomb. Like if, if you get him in WWE, then he does that. But, but he doesn't do that because the way he's that, always used is still as the Kevin Nash of 1998. When he was brought in against CM Punk and he did that horrible angle during the yeah. summer of Punk, yeah. he's essentially just like the. And it's again, it's overscripted at that point for that. But he's he's portrayed as like I'm still cool, I'm still hip, and it's like that's not what he should be. He should be coming out as like. I'm the guy that built this company. I'm the guy that gave the guy who's running this company his spot and his yeah. start. I know what I'm fucking talking about. That's a much more interesting character. Again, I don't know whose decision that was being made, but it's an obvious sort of leap to make with that kind of performer. Yeah, of course. But the other thing about Nash that kind of is a through line through his whole career is his... Sexy goatee, I agree. Oh, But no, his... Um, and it comes off in TNA when he did the whole X Division thing with oh. Alex Shelley... Is that what was this? This was not when I was watching TNA. So please fill me in because I, I, it he's being like basically he turns ba- he he's like Alex Shelley's like coach, and they do some comedy vignettes and stuff like that. But he'll like regularly help Alex Shelley win matches, and it's very much the way Jericho would win matches when he first won the title, where Alex Shelley is losing. Kevin Nash comes out, destroys everyone in the ring because you know he's big mm. and can't, but he can't wrestle anymore. He destroys all these people and then puts Alex Shelley on top. One, two, three, Alex Shelley. And it's this whole thing where, like, you said he knows wrestling is fake. He knows his entertainment. But he refuses to be like, well, this guy wouldn't beat me. Look at my size. And it's like, yes, Kevin. But it's wrestling. Well, it, it, the other thing is, the other thing is, if I, all right, let's say you, you're, John Hastings is six foot four. Correct. Um, no, here's a great example. Dylan Gott is, is five, five foot 5'11", 250 pounds of just fuck energy, right? <laughs> just pure let's say, fucking let's energy. Say Demetrius Johnson, UFC flyweight champion, comes in. Correct. He is legit half my size. Yeah. Uh, as far as reach advantage, I almost have an entire small town in Canada on him. But my legs are shit. Yeah. He'll destroy me. So there's like, it's, it's just feel like Kevin Nash needs to be, like, someone needs to put a footage of a small guy who can move and is strong. Next, like, Kevin, if you actually fought any of these guys, they would kick you in the knee. Now you're on the ground, and it's basically like a man fighting a, a tall turtle. Yeah, no, I completely agree. And they had the opportunity to do that with Rey Mysterio Jr. But it's a smaller company, so he gets to bully his way exactly. around. Exactly. Like but to, to counter your point is that it, they did that in WCW. They were supposed to, Rey Mysterio Jr. put his mask on, and he wasn't supposed to lose the mask. And at the last minute, they went, oh, by the way, you're losing the mask. Yeah. And he unmasked for two years. Yeah. And was eventually allowed to put it back on after he went to every wrestling company in Mexico, Mexico, and asked, and they like made a one-time allowance of like, yes, you can put the mask back yeah. on, and that's exactly how they should have booked that match, and it's actually how they booked the rematch the next night on Nitro, where Nash loses, and it was it's a fucking way. great match, and it's just going to your point that his perspective on wrestling is skewed because in the end it's a very egomaniacal way of approaching it and it's also one note he's always that cool super cool strong sort of like devilish i understand that his character is basically done being like effective when wcw closes Mm. but like i was saying before as far as a character goes 
you could slot that guy right into fucking the Attitude Era. Like he's one of the only WCW characters where I was like, you, oh my god, because he in a, in a lot of like he him and those DX vignettes where they make fun of the nation domination. Like that's just them making fun of the Horsemen. Yeah, well, that's when Waltman came back. Hall and Nash had walked out briefly. Yeah, and uh, Eric Bischoff was just like contracts, fuckers, not gonna happen. Yeah, but there was a possibility that one or both that would have killed like wcw would have been fucked. but there's no way they could have paid that amount of money no way they could have paid like well like, it depends on what you say that it didn't happen eric bish okay let's get into this and this is just shows my fucking wrestling nerddom it's a little something called the road guys sometimes your pal john hastings is a couple of negronis after a show and retires to his room to watch wrestling shoot videos on the internet until literally the sun rises and then someone tries to hang out with him and he says no <laughs> yeah. no i don't want that <laughs> do you want to have sex are you Kevin Nash? No, I'm a lady. Well, the answer is no. There's something so freeing about a one-night stand where you're just like, I'm going to watch this now. What is it? Oh, it's about a four-hour documentary about ECW. See all these carnies? I value their... <laughs> yeah, yeah. See that guy? That guy's name is Balls Mahoney. I don't know what that what happened to his face, but I'm sure it'll be discussed at some point. <laughs> oh, my God, yeah. I can only guess pill addiction. Paul's Mahoney is the only guy I've ever seen lose weight and look so much worse. Oh my god, he looks so much. He doesn't even. It looks like he's like covered in garbage bags. What it looks like is that a homeless man found dead Balls Mahoney and was like, "I can fit into this skin," <laughs> like fucking yeah. shore him. Oh, Jesus Christ! And wore him like a Balls coat. <laughs> um, allow me to say this: uh, we're great at podcasting, um, and um, I'm just gonna make this point because I, I tried to make it a couple times. Kevin Nash to me is very interesting because his character is very shades of gray. You can make him a babyface or a heel, but his style of wrestling is like ends in 1992. Like his oh, character, yeah. his character is like is a top end <laughs> character, but to me, his best in ring is as a tag team with Scott Hall because Scott Hall is like a good worker. Like okay to good, and Kevin Nash is just like he's just is what he is. Like his 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 knees are shot by the time he gets a good character. Terrifically bad. Also, Kevin Nash very bad at grammar. He's very bad at grammar. where the big boys that's play. The Check the adjective. Adjective. Yeah, that, I wrote that down too. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Adjective. And because he, he he has this thing where he's. Uh, but here's why he can get away with it, and it goes to what you're saying, is that his character is this cool brash guy. So you're kind of like. Yeah, like it took me a second the first time I saw that on Botchamania being like, it is, it's a verb, you fucking, or a noun, fuck! No, that's a verb. Play. Oh, no, I thought it was boys, sorry. But that's the thing though, right? Like, he, he, uh, it works, it sounds weird because you're, you're giving him way too much credit. Because Isn't it he weird that... thought it was he was being super smart. Isn't it, wait a minute. the type of shit that a guy like that would do. He's Hang on. He's know-it-all bully, and then he's wrong about something, and then he's like... Well, you want to fucking fight then? Back it you up. Want to fucking fight? Why did WCW have the slogan "Where the big boys play"? We got Hulk Hogan and Ric Flair, and they're playing. <laughs> <laughs> Look at these boys play fight. Although I gotta be honest, if they hadn't come up with the NWO, I think Kevin Sullivan was about four weeks away from Dungeon of Doom on a slide match. Oh, my God. They're in a jamboree. It's the Macho Man Randy Savage in a pit of balls against Kalamala. <laughs> <laughs> the way they did the NWO at first was so fucking good. But Holy fuck. But that's what the thing, though, man. That's what works really well for Nash. That's what I really like about him is how slow and measured everything is. Like, if you watch old TNA, like, we... Uh, we have or will discuss AJ Styles, but the way we have already discussed AJ Styles. I was listening to the episode earlier today. We talk a lot about his tattoo. Well, that's the thing, right? Like, not not his tattoo, obviously, but no, no, it's no, no. He doesn't slow things down. Like AJ Styles is a fucking amazing worker, and it's kind of like Kevin Nash is missing what AJ Styles has, and AJ Styles is missing what Kevin Nash has. Yeah, and actually, nothing shows his actual lack of ability and lack of style. Then the very brief Kings of Wrestling's angle they do when it's Scott Hall, Kevin Nash, and Jeff Jarrett yeah. coming in dressed like Elvis and facing Macho Man Randy Savage, um, uh, uh, fucking Matt Hardy and um, AJ Styles, because it's fucking it's hard to watch because you're literally seeing Matt Hardy and AJ Styles and Matt Hardy who Kevin Nash loves. And helped get him and his brother in the... Uh, is it, no, it's Jeff Hardy. Fuck me. Jeff Hardy, pardon me. The one who's on pills. Um, 
That could be both. No, the one who's made it cool at first. Then the yeah, other yeah, one was yeah, like, yeah. this guy looks like he's on pills. Yeah, the one who's covered in paint and sings the lyrics that his band have played. That's his theme song. Yeah. I want to be Willow now. Yeah. Oh, fuck. Yeah. I'm Willow. I forgot about that. As much as you want to shit on Kevin Nash for him having too much power, he at never. At least he, he didn't like come up with the wrestling equivalent of Chris Gaines. Yeah, he never thought. You know what? I'm going back to the character Oz. <laughs> Hi, do you have a giant pink tuxedo? I, we do. It's a novelty item. Call me Vinny Vegas. <laughs> um, His problem. But here's no, no. But wait, we're both very excited about Kevin Nash. So we're talking over each other a lot and starting points, but not finishing them. That Kings of Wrestling match is so embarrassing because that was the big sort of time of TNA's going to monthly pay-per-view, they're plateauing, they brought these guys in to be like the big shot wrestlers, but putting Scott Hall and Kevin Nash, two guys that don't want to work with those small guys in the style you've already explained and don't want to cooperate and also can't physically wrestle well, holy fuck, is it fucking, it's so embarrassing to watch because AJ Styles and Jeff Hardy, both great workers, can't do anything because you still have to react to the fact someone just literally like slithered up you like a snake and delivered a a DVD. Fuck, a DDT. Yeah, but that's, yeah, that, it's hard for those guys to work that style though, because they're also a million years old. Like that's more of a that's more of a function of TNA. I understand, but TNA. then just you, but you could have booked it, do a singles match or do a tag match, and put a bigger put a bis in there. You know what I mean? I just don't want this to. I just uh, I'll say this right. I don't want this to become rebooking TNA because then it'll just be like. Oh, someone oh should. God. Someone should. If you just re- well, there's wrestling simulators for this. First thing you do: extreme warfare revenge. Guys. Get get a time machine. Go back to 2008. Yeah. Shoot Vince Russo and Dixie <laughs> Carter in the face with a gun. No, most. Then find Bubba the Love Sponge and say everything you think is correct. <laughs> what do you mean you have video cameras everywhere in your house? Don't think that'll be a problem. Anyway, I'll see you later. Bye. <laughs> um, yeah, Nash during that time is uh, I mean he's just doing what he does. It, the, the thing that struck me about the Kevin Nash TNA era that I love is when the, in WCW, when he leans on the ropes, it's kind of like, I'm taking a short... It's kind of like the equivalent of like the cool guy leaning on the wall type mm. thing. He leans on the ropes, he holds the mic in that, like, I'm, it, this is a cigar way. And uh, then it works, but in TNA, you fast forward and he leans on the ropes and it just comes across like, I need this rest. Like, they wouldn't tired. let me bring a manager in who literally just hands me a chair so I can have a... Just have a good old-fashioned old guy sit. Uh, other thing that we need to talk about, Kevin Nash, massive alcoholic. Really? Loves wine. Him and his son got... Re- we read that interview where the guy the guy interviews Nash, and they go up to his hotel room, and uh, Nash talks to, like, uh, he talks like the midnight clerk of the hotel into selling him wine. No. And he says it's, like, crazy because I've never seen a guy who's so big not use his size to be persuasive. Like, Kevin Nash is just, like, so charming to this dude. And the guy's like, well, not only can he have it, it's free. (laughs) Well, he is. Like, the thing is, again, he's a very charming guy. You don't think of him as the size guy. It's also he's proportional, and he never comes across like a fucking... um, He doesn't come across like the Big Show or Eligante or even, like, what's another... He has a character. He's a a seven-footer... And he's the first seven footer, and maybe the only one that's a relatable character. Like he's a relatable, yeah. You know a guy like that. It's just a bigger. I know a lot of seven foot sons of auto workers who drink three bottles of red wine every day. But I mean, like you know, I know a lot of those millionaires. I know a lot of them. Big guy at the party who leans up against the wall is too school, too cool for school. Maybe I mean this is just my vintage, but the guy's six, like six five, kind of. Like cool guy, but like clearly wants to fight someone. Mm. But well, also his name's John take, Hastings. Gotcha. Cool. Thanks for the combo. Also, take just making so, trying to bait someone into a fight, and then them knowing that they would lose, so they just leave the party, and the rest of the night he gets drunk and talks about how he totally would have kicked the shit out of that guy. And it's just on a bigger scale because all wrestlers at that time, you know, late nineties, everyone's six three, six two, six three, and he's seven feet tall, and that's just the thing. Like that's that's the character. It's a great character. Uh, he got a lot of unjust criticism because of the behind-the-scenes booking stuff where he raised up. I don't think it's unjust criticism. I think it's absolutely justified. I think he has a lot to answer for when he was booking WCW because he fucking booked himself at the top. He didn't fucking have any contingency plans. And he also, for fuck's sakes, like that fucking NWO 2000 angle, which he definitely had a fucking hand in, is so fucking terrible. 
And like all the shit. But it's it's, rest, it's wrestling, man. Like for fuck's sakes, the week that Dale Earnhardt died, mm-hmm. they did a mock funeral for Terry Funk and brought it up in the South. Are you fucking retarded? I'm sorry for using the R word, everybody. Are you a fucking idiot? Like, it's the just so incense. It's that sort of stuff. It's he's a very egomaniacal. I understand he's very charming. I got friends like that too. But in the position in wrestling, you have to have some understanding of the audience and some understanding that you can't always be that guy. He is a really limited wrestler. He has six moves. It's amazing that he got over with six moves. But he had six moves, and but the it's amount slow of backstage and it's measured. And the other thing about it is that they're it is up to a point. But it's the idea character, and they're not like like it's like the moves he does are. There's only one way you can imagine Kevin Nash doing a side slam. Like he's not like a he. He uh, picks the guy up with one arm, and then he does, does that it, swing over. Swing over, like the way he would power bomb jobbers, where he like let, just put out the fake cigarette on their back and then power bomb them. Like it's like little stuff like that is is just adds to your character in small ways. That's very good, and I think that that is what you can take away from Kevin Nash more than we. You could talk about the negatives all day, but all the negatives are him securing money for himself, which I don't think um, you can really... I think you absolutely can because you're making money in the short term, but if you preserve and maintain... In that, if WCW doesn't own the company. I know he doesn't own the company, but it's also the idea of you be a team player. It also If WCW was still there, that would be still a much more viable asset. And it, they can talk about how Jamie Kessel and all that wanted it off Turner pro, uh, programming. It was also becoming a fucking giant money pit and not garnering the ratings it once would. Now, yes, wrestling ratings went soft at that point and they were not nearly as hot as they were, but if WCW had been... Str- um, been booked in a stronger way if it had recovered at some point it were ratings going back up and because Kevin Nash was a booking yeah. a booker that is on his head that does mean that another network would have viably wanted to buy it the issue was this they got kicked off their television nobody else wanted the product at that point because it was a fucking rating sinkhole and it was getting worse and worse by week you could just their watch it was just fucking out of fucking control yeah but if it was not even at the heights of it where it made 60 million in a year but if it was turning a small profit of a few million a year and you go this is a television asset with a live wing and merchandising this is a company that could actually go somewhere it's why Eric Bischoff tried to buy it and then when uh, he got the television he just stopped because he knew he couldn't get it on television anywhere else for at least a few years he needed to stay on Turner and completely rebuild and Kevin Nash does have something to answer for it and I think it's a viable point and part of his legacy is that as much good as he did as a performer and as much as i really like him as a um in-ring talent and as someone on the outside now commenting in because i think he makes a lot of really valid points he does have a lot to answer for because of what has happened now and the way that wrestling is presented now has a lot to do with shit he did for fuck's sakes he got in the ring that fucking curtain call thing drives me crazy because that is directly why now wrestling is very scripted i know it is because vincent man is a 70 year old kook and someone pissed him off in the same way one time Someone ran across the old man's lawn and it stomped on his roses. So anytime someone gets near his lawn, he comes out and screams, get off my lawn, (laughs) is that he doesn't want it to happen again. And Kevin Nash is directly responsible for that because it was was his fucking idea with Shawn Michaels to do like a little toorah, toorah. Yeah. Yeah. He, yeah, I mean, he's done a lot of like the bat, basically you can summarize it in the way that in ring, he was, he doesn't get the credit he deserves he did a lot with very little i think he gets exactly the credit he deserves for in ring i don't think so i think i mean i mean amongst like uh people like us um who talk about it endlessly uh i think we endlessly give nash the credit he deserves because he was in such a like actionable position like yeah he should have been cooled down after like like wrestlers are um should Probably only have like the fucking amount of time Austin was five years. Yeah, like that's it's like any athlete five years done. Well, it's again. This is allow allow us to take a tangent. It's why the territories work so well is because they had somewhere else to go. Yeah, yeah, exactly. They don't have that anymore. And with TNA and Ring of Honor and other places sort of coming up, it's slowly becoming you do have somewhere else to go. Yeah. And I think that that in ten years, I think wrestling will be very different again. And will resurge as long as WWE goes away from this scripted, weird kids program into a more reality-based sport that's rigged. Yeah. 
which is and even fucking Kevin Nash is saying it and he would not work within that environment and for that I really like is that I think he's now aware of himself now are we going to talk about how last Christmas he got really drunk and him and his kid got into a fist fight and they ended up in jail because <laughs> no. I would like to talk about that <laughs> I just want to say one thing the problem with Nash the reason why no one ever, uh, likes him is because basically he got alright so 93 he's got a big bubble butt 93 comes into the fed it's because you don't like leather pants and then ninety four, he becomes the champion, <laughs> and then and then he has like because they have he has this like anti hero badass character. They completely abandon that for just him making puns about how he is. A <laughs> <laughs> have you seen any of those promos? Like I'm diesel fueled. Yeah, I got you know what I mean. And I'm then, high octane. Yeah, and then and then he uh, so the, that thing doesn't work out. Then he turns heel again. He starts getting a little bit of uh, no pun intended, but steam. And uh, then he leaves the Fed. He comes in. So now his arc is even up farther. He comes in as super badass. Is this guy with the Fed or not? Mm -hmm. Um, Shithead tag team with Scott Hall. I love the Outsiders. Again, I'm going to stop you right there. The Outsiders was the perfect tag team in that you got to get. That's why I mean shithead tag team. Like, I didn't mean that bad way. Oh, okay. Yeah. I just mean, and it's perfect because you bring in a guy who you know is a world world, uh, title talent. Mm-hmm. You know both these guys are world title talents. They've been world champions before, but you don't bring them in as like it's not like it's a weird thing, but like Paige winning the title on her first night or anything, where it's like now where the fuck does the character? Yeah, go? exactly. So they're tag champs. Yeah, they keep they keep rising. Obviously, Nash is getting popular, more popular than Hogan at some point, and then Wolfpack is like an okay idea. It's a good merch thing. I mean, I'm not. I don't know the exact numbers or whatever, but it sells a lot of merch, so you can't really say anything bad about it. But that's when Nash jumps the shark as like the way that they made him a champ is like they should have found a way to dissolve the NWO. They didn't. Whatever. Um, Absolutely. That whole line, and then him feuding with Goldberg in like '99. It was it Goldberg heel and Nash's. Like, oh, you're talking about the Nash's oh. lost it and shit like. That that whole period, that like year and a half, two years, that's why people hate Kevin Nash. Oh, the whole time when uh, Sc- they're trying to bring Scott Hall back into the company and then Goldberg eats his contract so they can't bring him back in the company? <laughs> I, I never, I don't remember that, but it, I like it I remember lot. watching it and it was like even a thing where there's, it was the one of the fewest times I can remember like, there's a part of me that thinks that's the greatest thing I've ever seen because that's an adult who had to eat paper on national <laughs> television. But there's another part of me that loves wrestling and I know it's fake and I know it's ridiculous, but I want you to still exist within some rules of reality. Yeah. And as soon as, because that was what I like to call the great years of wrestling when it was, now I'm the commissioner. Now I'm the booker. I'm the commissioning booker. I yeah. commission booking. So the booking, like, the as soon as every wrestler walked to the ring with their own microphone and started saying, cut my music, I, fuck you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Shut the fuck up. I fucking, I love that type of shit. <laughs> there is okay. still, I, I can't. a cool character. Pause, pause. Someone please out there find me the clip when Diamond Dallas Page walks to the ring, his music stops, and then he goes, cut it. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. But that's the thing. Like Nash just needed – he needed that change of scenery uh, when, like, the wolf pack and whatever went down because he's got – like, he should have, like, taken a year – I don't know. Re- hindsight's always twenty twenty, but the character – It's not – hindsight's not twenty twenty. It makes complete sense. Steve Austin – and part of the reason why Steve Austin became Steve Austin is Steve Austin always was going to be, he's always a student of wrestling. And he said after WrestleMania 17, my character is tired. I need to take a step back. Let's try turning me heel. That didn't work. And he was boxed into a corner, didn't know what to do. Vince McMahon still saw dollar signs and didn't want to just have him go sit in a corner for a while, which was actually the best thing for Stone Cold Steve Austin. The best times for Stone Cold when it's just the idea he's going to be around. Like him yeah, leading like those a- entire raw ninety eight episodes where it's like Stone Cold's gonna show up. Yeah, like we don't know when he might. And there were ones where he just wouldn't show up, and you were like, "Fuck, fuck, 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 fuck." Yeah, or yeah. like, there's just beer cans next to a a guy who's prone. It's yeah, like yeah, yeah. someone. Like the other thing, by the way, and we haven't done a Stone Cold one, and we will one day. And I'll come back to this point then. But late nineties wrestling was also do it on March sixteenth. The oh yeah the holiday God. 316. March sixteenth. You wake up, you stomp a mud hole in your significant <laughs> other. And then you change your name to what you want your character's name to be, mm-hmm. and then people still like you somehow. You pay those gimmicks called bills. Yeah, uh, <laughs> yeah pay those gimmicks. Oh, yeah, I love how everything is a gimmick. I got two, I gotta buy two gimmicks. What does that mean? Shoes. Yeah, it means that I'm a carnival person. I'm a carny. Who's also it a millionaire. So weird. I was thinking about this, and this is not about um, this is not about 
Kevin Nash or anything. But I was just thinking, like, I read an old article you on the Steiner Brothers. Why am I like, being so fucking wrestlers? And I was really. Yeah, they were like decorated amateur wrestlers. They're part of like the people who say like, "Oh man, if UFC was around when I was coming up, I wouldn't be a pro wrestler." I'd be. How weird must it be to be their parents and watch them go from like Christian professional athletes to now a guy with like a tattoo of like a rose and a cross in the middle of his chest and who like gets back surgery in Mexico exclusively. Yeah, like it's and then weird. his brother, who's now a real estate agent, who for many years made money being known as the dog face gremlin. Oh, 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 oh. As far as like guys who are tired of wrestling, uh, I mean Kevin Nash in TNA was good, but Rick Steiner in the year night in the year two thousand is better. When he picks up every microphone, he's like, "Hey, Shane Douglas, <laughs> you gotta come out here. You don't like me? Bite me, kiss my ass." And then just like goes in, and then Shane Douglas gets a right waist lock on him, and Rick Steiner takes a short nap, and then five minutes later, <laughs> and then five minutes later, Thunder's over. Like it's so good. Every Rick Steiner match from that year is the funniest thing I've ever seen in my Listen, life. Listen, as soon as you introduce, you don't Rick, like me, bite me, Rick or Scott Steiner into a wrestling oeuvre. Yeah, you just know because that you have so much the Judy Bagwell saga. Yeah. Oh, it's like D- DDP right at the end of WCW, and he, you could tell he was genuinely sad when he's in the tag team the insiders and he knows what's coming because he's Eric Bischoff's best friend <laughs> and like you can just see like cause there's a there's an episode of Thunder that was so weird because it just seemed like the people in charge of WCW would get on these like jags of like alright what do we want to do alright let's have a lot of like moments uh, tonight where a wrestler's in like a bad situation because there's a lot of people going to beat him up and he doesn't know what to do and there's this one where it's I can't remember specifically who it is, but it's essentially like David Flair's in the ring and he's got a crowbar, and then Kevin Nash and Diamond Dallas Page are on the ramp, and then uh, fucking like Scott Steiner and Buff Bagwell are behind them, and they're like, "Ooh, this is a tough situation." And you're just like, "It's not though. It's really not." What that guy's seven feet, and that other guy is the master of the RKO. They could definitely take a child with a metal thing, and then. Two of the shittiest fight. Oh, it was a fucking disaster. <laughs> well, that's a funny. Other thing is that Nash is kind of, and he talked about this in interviews. He's he's kind of not obsessed with, but like he'll even talk about it on WWE television about how he believes that he could have been Austin before Austin. Like he thought that he was like a good anti-hero. Mm-hmm. Well, they, they, it was def- kind of like cut that off at the legs because it was 1994 and whatever. Well, when Tyson was first dis- approached by the WWF, it was to build towards Vince McMahon wanted to do in Central Park an open-air pay-per-view that was Kevin Nash versus Mike Tyson after uh, Kevin Nash is the undefeated world champion for three years. He got that belt put on him, and Vince McMahon said, "That was the long term." In three years, this is what we're gonna do. Ah, like the literally the worst idea I've ever heard in my entire life. I don't know if that's the worst idea I've ever. At least you're planning three years ahead. You are planning three years ahead. You're, but you're building towards we're gonna like. How is that? Mike Tyson's not losing to a tall man, and yeah. there's no way you're gonna let. So you're gonna have an actual fight between Mike Tyson and Kevin Nash. Here's how this is gonna go: punch to leg. Kevin Nash on ground, Mike Tyson, teabag. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's that's a takes point. shit in Kevin Nash's mouth, you, screams racial <laughs> epithet. Did you ever hear the fucking? I forget which wrestler it was, but I think it was like, was it Ivan Putsky? I think it was Ivan Putsky. It was in the late nineties. Definitely Ivan Putsky. <laughs> but the Polish power was Ivan Putsky. I want to say it was Jericho. Or I something. think it was probably Ivan Putsky. So Ivan Putsky shows up to Raw, <laughs> and uh, you? his got bodyguard at the time was Frank Shamrock, who was like <laughs> the middleweight champion in the UFC. So he was about 190 pounds, and Vince just just like who the fuck's that guy? And everyone was no Jericho told Vince he's like that guy's that guy's could kill all of us, and Vince was like, <laughs> look at him, look at him, how short he is. Look how short and st- how about all right. If, if, if shit goes down, how about I take the little guy? And everyone was like, all right. Vin. Like, Vince just doesn't take small people seriously. So I could him really see him being like, yeah, Kevin Nash is more of a bodybuilder than Mike Tyson, so he'll beat up Mike Tyson. Like, there's no way that Mike Tyson can possibly win. Like, Mike Tyson will just walk into a big boot and be powerbombed in real life. Like, he's so far in. Like, Vince McMahon is so far in. I don't know what thoughts go through his head. But he's not. Ne- he's never known. This is what. Th- these are the four things Vince McMahon knows. 
I like cocaine. Mm-hmm. Wrestling is basically real. Mm-hmm. If my stepfather hadn't died, I would have legitimately murdered a man, something I bring up all the time. It's okay that I talk about cheating on my wife, Linda, because now she's literally a billionaire. <laughs> um, I handed Linda everything. Yes, I know I look like I'm slowly decaying from the inside. I don't like Bob Costas. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah, when he tried to fight Bob Costas. <laughs> oh, my God. So good. Has Nash ever had any like thing like that? Because every time I've seen a shoot interview where like some... No, because he's so hard. So is like explain the finger poke of doom to me. Because frankly, sitting here, I just don't get it. <laughs> also, I have to leave in five minutes for my night security job. <laughs> he's always like, "Yeah, man. I mean, uh, we thought it was it was my idea. It was a good idea, and uh, I thought it was he a does good defend idea. the finger po- poke of doom, and he does it, but he's clearly lying." Allow me to strap on my NERD pants and get ready. Stop jerking off your belt, Pharrell Williams. <laughs> um. Stop, it's really distracting. Oh, yeah. It's a fucking auditory podcast and you're visually making me laugh, so mm. no. Stop jacking off your belt. I have a long belt. <laughs> um, his point was this. is like, we need to make a heel machine to feed to Bill Goldberg. Yeah. And so he goes, so we do the finger poke of doom, rejuvenate the NWO down to like a core. And then he went, and then the next week, Bill Goldberg put his arm through a limousine window and cut all of the tendons in his arm. The problem with that is, is that's not when that happened. The instead, what just happened is just Bill Goldberg went away for a little bit, and they didn't explain where he was, and they just came on television talking about how they were really bad, and they're like they're the best, and the NWO was back. The angle where Bill Goldberg put his arm uh, through the te- uh, his, um, arm through the limousine was a full eight months later when they did the NWO 2000 angle and Kevin Nash just doesn't acknowledge it. Like, he does just do charm bully moves, which is, that's not how it happened. It's He's like, he's like a charming 9-11 truther. <laughs> <laughs> Where you're like, um, uh, like, ah, then how are the buildings falling at the rate of gravity if it wasn't a controlled explosion? They're not falling at the rate of gravity. The rubble coming off the top is falling at the rate of gravity. It's falling as if it's in a concave because it was a fucking mob-built structure and not built properly. <laughs> no, it's not. You were for the CIA. Melted like, port of steel, melted port of steel, yeah, goodbye. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Illuminati, oh, Illuminati, Illuminati. But it makes sense, though, to have Goldberg go away. Because you can't just have a guy. I mean, like it's nineteen. I agree. I it's nineteen ninety eight, but you can't have a guy be tased with a thing that's supposed to move cows. I disagree. This is nineteen ninety nine wrestling. You understand that? I uh, uh ninety eight actually. <laughs> <laughs> you guys are a full two. Dick and advice. Two I'm years. Something tight. <laughs> Two years later, Hulk Hogan hits The Rock with a truck, and The Rock comes back later and gives him a rock bottom. (laughs) Don't tell me that a taser is going to stand in anyone's way. Back in my day, we're getting hit by a car, put you up for eight months, and then Rikishi is your big feud coming. Oh, fuck. What a fucking move that was. (laughs) For the rock. I love that. I I do love that style of like, all right, Rikishi, we tried to make you. We tried to make you serious, but you sounded dumb. So now the Rock's gonna make fun of you, and we're gonna throw you off a cell. Bye bye. <laughs> by the way, that fucking hit, hitting on the. Um, Can we pause? Yeah. Wait, how badly do you have to pee? Oh, uh, we'll just, I'll just, we'll just. Uh, wrap Let's it up. do favorite things. Okay. And worst things, and then we'll wrap it up because okay. we got three minutes left. Uh, I'm giving. Dylan, favorite thing about Kevin Nash is it the babbling brook that he lives by? I think my favorite thing about Kevin Nash as a performer was, uh, like I said, layered, uh, layered parts to him. I think he was caught in a weird era, and this can sound very weird because he was booked by the man. But I think if he was booked by Vince Russo in WWF, he would have been booked uh, very, very interestingly. I think he was a very good Shades of Grey character in that. You knew he liked there to were reasons women. to hate him. There were reasons to like him. You know what I mean? Because uh, he was cool and he was kind of like looking at wrestling then as a, like a thirteen-year-old. He was kind of a guy you wanted to kind of be like. I think he was cool. He moved slow. The world moved at his pace. Let's say that type of thing. Uh, I think that was uh, the best thing about him was his character. Uh, obviously, the worst thing about him is in ring is just the man can't move. Um, he just can't move well. Uh, I echo your favorite thing. My favorite thing is an amazing attitude, a very unique style of babyface, of this cool, brash babyface. Someone you kind of wanted to be. Worst thing about Kevin Nash, and it wasn't his only fault, was that he was in a tag team briefly called Two Dudes with Attitude. Fuck you. (laughs) Fuck you. We didn't even get to... I wanted to to also add another bad thing about him was the way he held the mic was uh, so annoying. 
just like the cigar, like the two fingers over the mic, and then look out. Like he's leaning on the rope, and then he gets up. Lean on the rope, get up. I understand, but like holding the mic with the two fingers thing, it look you look dumb. You look like fucking stupid. Listen, he's a fucking guy. He's on pills, and he's wearing a fanny pack. I don't think he gives a fuck. <laughs> Listen, foo fanny pack. This we only scratched the surface. Go watch some shoot interviews about Kevin Nash. If you want to learn about how a functioning pill addict can also be the world champion, he's a fucking disaster. That guy. How he doesn't look that's worse, really, I'll never know. That's really funny. Maybe that, maybe that uh, thing where I was like, oh, he moved to the ring so slow and cool. He thought he was running. Maybe yeah. He thought he was like, <laughs> I'm sprinting the ring. He's, he's like, on eight bars oh. of phenobarbitals, which oh. are actually barbiturates, so he'd actually go up as opposed to down. Oh god, my microphone smells bad after that fart, Dylan. Everything fucking smells. Bad. If you shit on a mic, you <laughs> fucking loser. You want to fucking fight? I will fucking give you the no, squisher. No. What does that mean? It was the Kevin Nash move where you just run into a guy and just hit him. Uh, you know when he put him on the. Oh uh, yeah. And then you just go. Ah! My one of my favorite things about No Mercy was that uh, Kevin all Kevin Nash's like setup moves except Ke- for the Kevin Nash wasn't in No Mercy. No, but they would do this thing in video games where oh, they would be like, if it's a WWF game, then the WCW guys, you could do their, their finishing moves were in the game. Yeah. But they would, wouldn't be as strong as the WWF guys. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So like the foot, the foot on the throat, the squisher, the elbow, uh, the side slam, and the big boot mm. were like, did not hurt at all. Yeah. So it's basically like, you can, the jackknife will win you the match, but good luck getting there. Yeah. It was great. Um, but yeah, that's basically it. I mean, like, you know cool character bad in the ring uh and as a booker looked out for himself which as kevin nash the man i can understand and identify with but as a guy watching the as a guy watching it it's basically like if walker texas ranger was just on television oh and fuck chuck yes just never fuck stopped, yes just chuck norris was like no i beat him you know so like walker texas ranger yeah but walker texas ranger was put off the air wrestling will never be put off the air no they're still making walker texas ranger mitt romney's paying for it and they refuse to air the episodes <laughs> it's just him going to a welfare line and yeah. kicking everybody in the fucking teeth <laughs> i uh i want something you should you have seen what's the episode name? steve you're clear what's your name pedro kick <laughs> kick you're a drug dealer you have, cocaine on you have seen the episode of rocker texas ranger where there's a kid who has aids and walker texas ranger has to be the one to tell him right no it was that one of the walker texas ranger moments thing that, like, the, the end of it where the kid tells his mom walker says i have aids yeah we but want to that's an mom. entire episode where walker is being prevented from telling that kid by someone who wants to use the kid's blood to spread aids through texas <laughs> 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 Don't throw me the microphone that's on his dick. dick. And that's the end of the show. Thank you very much for listening, guys. It's Please. outro time. <laughs> what another stellar episode we've done. Right, Dylan? Yes. No meandering whatsoever. No, very much on point. Now, let's get back to the important business at hand. You want to read about us, you can go to our website, which is angelfire.therestlerreview.com. Real. That's a real thing. Go sign our guest book. We have a weather page. You can see what the weather's like <laughs> in one city. Which city? London. Good. And okay. then you can follow us on Twitter at the John Hastings. At Dylan Gott, D-Y-L-A-N-G-O, double F that T. And we're going to create one for the show called The Wrestler Review. We already have. I always forget that we have that Twitter account already. Follow the show on Twitter at The Wrestler Review. We'll retweet the thing, so just follow us. It's all nebulous. Anyway, I love all of you. I love you. As people and as lovers, we are all one. We are Ouroboros. We are a human centipede. This stings too long. 